Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friends, are to never, ever, never, never give up on Christ Jesus. Amen. Because he is our one and only true hope in the last days. All we got to do is look around us and we see Bible prophecy being unfolded right before our very eyes. And what the body of Christ must do is to depart from this world. We need to no longer be friends with the enemy, with the enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. That is why God commands us. This is not a suggestion, but a command that we must, that we must come out from among this world. Yes, we are in it, but we are commanded not to be of the world. Yeah, we are in this world. Yeah, we see the wickedness in government. Yeah, we see the wickedness of the sinners. But we are not to be partners with them. Yes, we have to obey the government. Yes, we have to love our enemies. Yes, we have to have some sort of interaction with sinners. But In no way do we agree with the lifestyle. Do we we agree with the satanic antichrist agenda? Because although the Bible calls us to respect the rulers, but let's not be mistaken. It is God who we follow. And if the rules and the laws of this land go against what God says, then we go with God each and every time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because we have an example. Number one, Christ Jesus. And number two, we can look at Daniel and Daniel's friends. 
Because when the king wanted the people to bow down to his image, they said, no, we ain't doing that. So you can throw us in the fiery furnace. And if we burn up, fine. But if God choose to save us, fine. But what we ain't going to do is to worship you. We're not bowing down to this image. We serve the one true God. Now, if y'all want the actual storyline, check out the book of Daniel. Glory be to God. And so, for the past day or two, I've been like, I don't know, troubled in my spirit or like a burden or just being irritated by evil, the the evilness and the wickedness that I'm seeing day after day. Right, Holy Spirit, just like Lot over there in Second Peter chapter 2, where the Bible talks about how Lot was sick of it. It's my closet over here. Like, Lot was sick of it. He was sick of the of the wickedness that he was witnessing and hearing day after day because the Bible says that Lot was a righteous man. So it was troubling to him to have to see all that was going down in Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities. And we all know what happened. Right, because God knows how to rescue the righteous out of tribulation. Because all we got to do is, is look at Noah and his family. Only eight people on this earth were saved from the flood. And then we look at Lot and his family, and how from heaven God rained down fire and brimstone and destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns. And so, I don't know. It's just troubling. It's like a sense of foreboding, like as if something is about to happen. And at the same time, I'm just mad. I'm just, I'm just like irritated. So... But glory be to God for the podcast, right? Amen. And so that's what brought me up here today, the truth. Because at the end of the day, sad to say that sinners and mockers, they not even trying to hear anything about the gospel. And but that don't that don't stop us from preaching it to them. It doesn't stop us from letting them know that they must repent. Okay, that they must repent. Yes, they tell us, stop preaching that to me. I don't want to hear it. Okay, we'll quote unquote back off, but then it, it, it still comes out that we must tell you. That you must repent. So, what brought me on the podcast today? The truth. Because, like I said about sinners and mockers, they need to repent. 
but we're talking about the body of Christ today because God tells us by the Holy Spirit who put this on Paul to relay this to Timothy over there in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 to 4 where he says that for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So, before we get into this today, because there's a lot that needs to be said to the church today. Glory be to God, Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, Father, we love you and we want you and we shall obey your every command Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and on a third day by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus from the dead. Christ is alive still unto this day. Father, he is sitting at your right hand in heaven, interceding for us. Father, help us to understand that we must come out from amongst false teachers. They are bending, if not totally mangling your word. They take it out of context. They come up with all of these damnable heresies, destructive heresies. They got the people doing things that you never commanded. They got the people taking on this authority that you never gave to us. They telling these people that we must do basically incantations where prayer and spiritual warfare are concerned. Father, help us today. Teach us sound doctrine. Teach us that we must repent, come out of our sins, come away from the false teachers and the apostate church and follow and and heed to <clears throat> heed to the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and stay with him father we don't know everything some of these teachings in your word yes they are hard to understand what makes it even harder is when we are being taught wrong in the beginning. And then when correction come, we kick and we scream at the obvious falseness of it all. But Father, by faith, even if we don't understand everything 
in part. Now, one day we shall understand it all. And Jesus said that in that day, we don't have to ask him anything. Father, I pray for your mercy. I pray for your grace. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you that all who have called on the name of the Lord to be saved, all who have turned to you, have mercy. Have mercy, Father. May we never leave. May we may we all been truly born again, true converts, never to leave your son. No matter what, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the hypocrisy is, no matter what the false teacher is and how we were so dismayed that we were led astray, no matter what, we don't leave you. We don't leave Jesus and we don't give up on our salvation. Let us obey this gospel. May we never be cowards and turn back to the world and get entangled and enslaved all over again. Because Father, you said in Second Peter chapter 2 that we will be worse off than before. If we do that, if we, if we reject the command that we were given to live holy lives, to go back out into that world and to be enslaved all over again, just trampling over what Jesus has done for us, it's like a dog. The proverb you stated is like a dog returning back to its vomit and another like a washed pig returning back to the mud. So, Father, bless your people today. May we all repent of our sins. May we never turn away from the sound doctrine unto fables. I pray, Father, that today's lesson bring you glory. I ask for wisdom. I ask for understanding and clarity of your word. May the Holy Spirit move on me, open up my mind. Let me see the deep things in your word, Father. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Talking about these false teachers. Yesterday, over there on Facebook, because aka the lion's den my second job that i do love amen and so i was doing a posting because like i said i don't know what it is it's just something that's stirring in me and the holy spirit reminded me because we are doing things 
in the body of Christ and no one is asking, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing these things that I'm being taught? But did God really call for us to do these things? And so among that, hold on, let me let me come over here and find that because I was talking about pleading the blood of Jesus. Okay, because we have to adhere, adhere to the truth of God's word. And if we say that we follow Jesus, then we follow what he did. We don't follow what the pastor's doing because if we are not in the word of God, when they come with these destructive heresies and these traditions of men and doctrines of devils, we have to question that. Yeah, listen, it's not the wrong with questioning that so-called church leader, especially if you see and study in the word of God, what God says to do and what he don't even mention about us doing it. But then we over here in the local church having us do all kinds of things. And we're like, where is that in the Bible? And so that's what Paul was talking about, how a time is coming if it's not already here, right? So before I talk about that, I just want to preface this because all one has to do is to read the book of Jeremiah because on on audio i will i listen to the whole book of jeremiah because i've i've read it but i never read all of the what is it 52 or 53 chapters of jeremiah like in one sitting and so what i'm finding out about um the audio bible because as i'm walking the dog or i'm doing something around the house i plug in and so i'm reading that um as a as a rehashing of that lesson because poor Jeremiah no wonder he is called the weeping prophet because all one has to do is to read that book to see how God ain't playing with false god worship with idolatry and spiritual adultery. Listen up, folks. He will not tolerate his people serving other gods as if they were prostitutes, as if the people who say they love God are prostitutes forsaking their husbands and turn into foreign lovers because that's what spiritual uh, uh, adultery is all about god is our husband we are his wife we are his wife and so when we turn from his love and turn our attention to foreign gods or these mighty modern idols of the 21st century, we are cheating. We are cheating on him. So we need to turn from our wickedness, turn from our idolatry, turn from our spiritual adultery, and turn back to God. Because what you don't want to have happened is his hand against you. Like I said, 
excuse me, please read the book of Jeremiah, read all of the prophets because they serve as a witness. They serve as an example of what Israel did, how their unbelief, how their turning to idols infuriated God. God put them away. It got to the point that year after year, prophet after prophet, day after day, they will tell the children of Israel, just that, turn from these idols. Stop turning to these allies. Stop running to Egypt. Stop running to Syria, Assyria for help. These people are not going to help you. They not. They are using you for labor, for commerce, for whatever it is, but it's not to save you because at the end of the day, God sent the Babylonians against them too. Because if you think you run into Egypt to, to run from Nebuchadnezzar after God been sending prophet after prophet, telling y'all that if y'all don't stop it, He is sending a terror from the north. He's going to come, look, he's going to come as a hot scorching wind to destroy you, to carry you off from the land that God gave to your ancestors, Israel. The land that flows with milk and honey, he will turn over your fortunes to your enemies and they will ridicule you among the nations. Nothing will be able to turn God's anger, his fierce anger away from what he has planned to do with you and the nations that reject him. Because look, Jeremiah 15, 1, okay, and you see, I be tell, I be telling y'all on the podcast. God ain't playing. We never want to get to the point where He turns us over to a reprobate mind. You never want to get to the place that you are so hell bent on going to hell, and you calling yourself a Christian that God just what like throws throws up his hands at you, what else is left for him to do? He done already sent Jesus to deal with the sin problem. Okay, all you got to do is read the Gospels. And then over here in Jeremiah 15, 1, God is too through with Israel. Look, he, he was telling Jeremiah, stop praying for these people. Stop. Stop praying for them because he said, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. Okay. Do you want God to say to anyone that's pleading on your behalf, help these sinners, Lord, and God to be like, stop praying for them. I don't care if even Moses and Samuel, these were godly prophets of God. God listened to them. (sighs) Folks, God is saying, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me right here pleading on their behalf, he says, I ain't helping them. 
I don't care who you sit and start praying for them. Get them away from me. Get them out of my sight. Amen. So, yeah, God has been saying this for centuries to turn from your wickedness and turn back to him. And so, like I was saying over there on Facebook yesterday, the Holy Spirit just reminded me. I, I don't know what I was thinking on or meditating on, but then that came up. It's it's like, stop. Just stop. Okay? Because it's like, for instance, sometimes we just have to just stop and ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Like, for instance, like I was saying just one case, because there's many, you know, like that I decree, I declare, or I take authority over you, Satan, I bind you, and all of this binding and loosing, and that's our doctrines of devils. We are taught this by men. Nowhere, nowhere in the scriptures do we see God telling us to do any of this? We don't see the apostles doing it. Nothing. So like I was talking about the pleading, pleading the blood of Jesus. Now, I know you believe you are engaging in fierce spiritual warfare, quote unquote. When you do this, my hand is raised, sitting up under the charismatic false gospel uh prosperity gospel, that damnable gospel teaching up under Creflo A, Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, all of them word of faith, wolves and sheep clothing. They were all about pleading the blood of Jesus over your, over your house, your cars, your spouses, your kids, your money, just, and I can only imagine now looking back at the ridiculousness of it all. Heaven must have been like, what y'all doing? Who told y'all to do this? The Genesis question. Who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? Right? So look, my hand is raised because I fell for this false teaching too. I fell for the lie. Listen, we all know from the scriptures, right? That the blood of Jesus is powerful. It washes away our sins. So we know there's power in the blood of Jesus because when the New Testament speaks of the blood of Christ or the blood of the lamb, it primarily has in mind the saving work of Jesus as the atoning sacrifice. But just like you, I learned this unscriptural and unbiblical incantation from a false teacher down at one of the apostate mega churches. All of these mega churches and local churches and Christians are doing this so pervasive that we think this is doctrine. We think that as a believer, born again, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is one of our spiritual weapons that we use as if, as if 
tacking this on to the end of a prayer adds more oomph to it. Like as if we are in sovereign control of this prayer. Amen. But the question on the floor is, are we in order? Are we in order when we do this? Because see, this all goes back to truth and sound doctrine. Because did, did Jesus tell us to do this or... Did he or did he tell us when we pray to the father, if we ask anything in his name, he would do it because he never said, and oh, by the way, tack on, I plead the blood of Jesus as if that would add a, a, a powerful finishing spiritual magical touch to the incantation of a prayer because let's not be mistaken that's what it is an incantation because I mean how many times can you plead the blood of Jesus over and over and over and over your finances and still be broke because this is why people are shell-shocked when we tell them that they must come out from amongst these false teachers, these wolves and sheep clothing. And to make matters worse, here we go. We'll we'll run out to the local bookstore or download, <clears throat> excuse me, or download some spiritual warfare book on on how to plead the blood of Jesus. Because when I was researching this, <clears throat> I can't tell you how many ads started popping up about um, how to properly plead the blood of Jesus. And what must you do to plead the blood of Jesus as if these are our God-given tools to use to fight the enemy? It's ridiculous. So for the record, no, we are not commanded. Nowhere in scriptures. We don't see Jesus doing it. God never commands it. We don't see the apostles doing it. And like I said, Jesus never instructed us to tack it on at the end of a prayer. So I have to ask again, have you ever stopped and asked yourself, why? Why am I even doing this? You want to know why? You want to know why we doing this? Second Timothy. Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter four, verses three to four about how a time will come when they will not. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, that a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We telling folks that's not sound doctrine, pleading the blood of Jesus. It is not sound doctrine to decree and declare a thing. Only God does the decree and the declaring. No, 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 no. Because all we got to do is look at Jesus talking about binding the strong man. I already did a teaching about that on the podcast. Okay. That was taken completely out of context. What Jesus was talking about was church matters. 
how how we deal with a brother in Christ who is in sin and refuse to listen to the sound uh, counsel when you rebuke him. He ain't listening to you. And then you bring some witnesses. He ain't listening to them. And then you get the uh, church involved and he ain't listening to the church. He ain't listening to nobody. He in sin. And so God says to uh, treat him like a tax collector. Like, like put him out of the church. And when we do that, Jesus will agree with us because when he says when two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. That is what he's talking about. Cause see, that's another false doctrine that how, if we come into prayer, two or three of us about somebody's finances and we plead in the blood and we declaring and decreeing that you are no longer broke and how Jesus will be in the midst of all of that hot mess. No. And so Jesus was saying, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. He was talking about church business, church matters. But that's not what the pastor say, said. I, I know. I know. I know. Because he's a wolf in sheep clothing. Amen. And and if he really thinks that we have that authority, it's because he was taught it too down at that seminary school, who is ran by which is ran by the Illuminati and Freemason. So yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, God is not playing. A time will come. A time will come where people will have itching ears. And the reason why I want to talk about this, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that what itching ears mean because we know what what it means right we know that by experience right because there were times when we were not studying God's word to show ourselves approved, that we willingly allowed ourselves to be spoon fed these scriptures, not even realizing that they were being cherry picked and twisted into pretzels and taken out of context and being used as proof text for their narrative, for their greed about these pastors. And so we didn't realize that we were getting our ears uh, tickled. We didn't, we didn't know that we had itching ears because we were in some sin. And that's why we, we run to, and I keep naming these names because these are the celebrated ones that people <clears throat> love to defend, like the deceased Billy Graham and the uh, Joe Osteens. And then you have all their beloved Joyce Myers. Cause you know, Joyce Meyer had a, had a hard upbringing. Oh, she had a tough life, but look how God blessed her now. 
And we run to these teachers because they teach us about once saved, always saved, that how you can't out God's wonderful grace. And they, they twist that so that when you are in sin, and we know we're not supposed to be in sin, but <clears throat> the, the comfort the comfort of the the scratch that we got down at the local church that week was that at the end of the day, we still get to go to heaven because once you are saved, you are always saved. You have eternal security for life. And yeah, you may not want to sin because see, sin is a blessing blocker. If you want that fifth Cadillac, then you got to put away the sin because otherwise you stop God's blessing from coming to you. Not telling us that sin will send you to a burning hell and that if you don't repent and if you don't confess that sin, that you will live your life in unrepented sin being deceived and being led astray and you thinking that you got this in the bag and then Jesus calls you out of that body suit and you talking about being shell shocked oh you will have the the biggest shell shock moment of your life when you standing before the Lord Jesus Christ trying to explain oh how the pastor told me listen folks listen And hear me well, as a sister in Christ say, listen and hear me well. Itching ears is a figure. Hold on, I need some water. Hold on. Me, 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 me. Okay. Itching ears. Just so we can fully understand what Peter, I'm sorry, what um, Paul (laughs) <laughs> what well, Paul was talking about over here in Second Peter. What is the matter with me? Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. Okay, when he was talking about how people will gather around themselves, that they will heap upon themselves teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, because itching ears is a figure of speech. Is a figure of speech that refers to people's desires, uh, felt needs, or wants. It is these desires that impel a person to believe whatever he wants to believe rather than what the actual truth is, right? And so, when... When we see in the scriptures, let's just take a a topic about divorce and remarry. When Jesus said over there in Matthew 19, right, except it be for fornication. He didn't say except it be for adultery, two different things. Check the podcast. I just did an exhaustive teaching on that recently. But 
if you are in your second and third and fourth remarriage and your first covenant spouse is still alive because Jesus says that if you divorce for any other reason, you commit adultery. People don't want to hear that. People who call themselves Christians don't want to hear that. They want to hear that for whatever reason, they divorced that person. And now in this brand new, oh, this is the best marriage I ever had. And if they are living in that remarriage and they say, well, I I repented of, of the divorce. And now that you're telling me I'm committing adultery, well, I'm going to ask God to forgive me of this and repent, but I'm not leaving the sin of adultery because <clears throat> Jesus wants me to be happy now. Okay. So is those things when you present the truth to them about the sin that they are in, they don't want to hear none of that. And they will run to a preacher or a pastor that would tell them otherwise. And they would rather listen to this preacher tell them, no, it is true. If your spouse cheated on you, if he committed adultery, you have every right to leave that person. They will stay with that teaching rather than the sound teaching that Jesus says that if you do divorce this person for any other reason, you must remain unmarried. You must remain single. All you got to do is read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That whole chapter, Paul lays it out in full detail on the instruction about marriage. So we got the truth laid out before us. Amen. And so itching ears. They decide from themselves because when when. When, when a person have an itching ear, they decide for themselves what is right or wrong, and they seek out others to support their notions. Itching ears are concerned with what feels good or comfortable, because you see, it's not comfortable to now have to divorce this person that you are in an adulterous marriage with. Start from all over from scratch, remain unmarried because that first covenant spouse is alive. That means no more sex for you, no more bigger house on the hill for you. Now you and your kids got to be a single parent. That's uncomfortable. Where in this second or third remarriage, finances are way better my my new spouse makes a ton of money. He or she is a pillar of the community. I'm in a better position, quote unquote, in life now. My life is comfortable. So you mean tell me that Jesus wants me to give all of this up? Yes, because he said over there in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, how no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. And that should supersede any comfortability that we have in this present life because people seem to forget Hebrews 9, 27. That says, and as 
it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What judgment? Revelation 20, that talks about how the books of your life will be opened. And everything you have ever done has been recorded in these books. And the book of life will be opened. And it tells us through verses 11 through 15 about these books and that how if your name is not found written in the book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone for all of eternity. That judgment, it is called the great white throne and the lake of fire is called the second death. So do we want to continue playing? Do we want to continue playing around with all of these false doctrines and these doctrines of devils and traditions of men and listening to liars? A pastor is lying to you when he tells you that you can divorce for any reason. He don't tell you about how if you do remarry that uh, you commit adultery um, he, he ain't telling you about how if you uh, divorce this person, which God hates, that you must remain single. He ain't telling you none of that. So, of course, we run to those teachers that will make our life comfortable. Amen. And so Paul's warning is that the church would one day, if... If we ain't already here, okay, that one day contain those who only open their ears to those who would scratch their ear. Amen. They will scratch their itch. Pastor, pastor, please tell me it's okay for me to stay in this second remarriage. <clears throat> Tell me how I won't go to hell. Tell me how I ask God to forgive me, but Jesus can't possibly mean that I have to divorce again and leave all of this goodness. Please tell me that's not so. Jane, you are right. God will never want you to be unhappy. He wants you to be rich and joyful and encouraged. He wants you to, to live your best life now because then once you die, oh, you, oh, the riches of heavens, of the heaven is waiting for you. But while you here, live it up. Enjoy that second remarriage. Enjoy your new life because you deserve it. After all, Christ died for your prosperity. That means in every area of your life, there should be nothing missing, nothing broken. Oh, you got this in the bag. Don't believe the lie. Listen, we don't got this in the bag because Jesus said that the man, the man or woman, but the man who stands firm until the end, that man shall be saved. 
How are you standing firm and enduring until the end when you're sitting up under these false doctrines? You're sitting up under these wolves and sheep clothing, having your ear, having your ears scratched from all the itching that's going on because your life, if you look square, thank you, Holy Spirit, at the sound teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you look back at your life and your life ain't lining up with this word. You're going to run out and find somebody that will make you feel comfortable in your in your sin by the twisting of the scripture to lead you to believe that you got all of this power given unto you from heaven and that how God wants you to be comfortable and to be blessed and that how God's grace, that wonderful grace that we can just take it as a license to sin because rest assured, Sally and Bob, once you come to Christ, for salvation, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. But they failed to tell us about 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 22, that how because of these false teachers, that if we who promise freedom, but they themselves are, are crooked and corrupt and steeped in sexual sins, Okay, that how if we get entangled back up in sin again, it is worse off. We are worse off than before. It would be better if we had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command to live a holy life. Like I said, Jesus is like, it's like a dog returning back to the mud. So what you mean no man can pluck us out of Jesus' hand? Oh, oh, we can, oh, we can jump out of his hand back out into the world thinking, oh, we are good to go sitting up under these false teachers with all of their destructive heresies because what? Second Peter Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, tells us about their destructive heresies, how they come up with clever lies. All this to depart you from your money. They make merchandise of you. But you can't tell folks nothing. You can't tell the one who wants to have their ears scratched because of the itch. So, when you when you have a man or a woman of God telling them, no, sis, it says right here, thus and so and thus and so, and then they want to argue with you. But the pastor said, contrary, 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 and we telling them, well, no, well, that's a heresy or that's a false doctrine or that's a twisting of that scripture. No, it's not. No, it's not. You are reading out of the King James, or you reading out of the New Living Translation, or you reading out of the NIV, because the pastor said we ought to only read this and this translation. Folks, we need to repent. 
we need to wake ourselves up because second Timothy chapter four, verse two starts off as it was leading into verses three and four about the Bible, about how the word preach, because see Timothy, um, Paul was telling Timothy that how when he go out and preach the word, he says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So that person standing up there in the pulpit have these same, thank you, Holy Spirit. They have these same instructions. It wasn't just only for Timothy. It's for any pastor standing up there in the pulpit that they must come with the sound doctrine. They must reprove and rebuke and exhort the people who are in sin. We, no, talk about we, I am not a preacher in a pulpit. They are supposed to tell Sally, who's coming down for some marital counsel about how she wants to divorce her husband because she now has somebody else lined up. That pastor is supposed to rebuke her for wanting to get a divorce. If for anything, he should be teaching her and counseling her on forgiveness and on reconciliation and to work that out because marriage is for life. We over here in the 21st century, I raised my hand, already told y'all about how I was married three times, thinking that I was in the clear because of adultery, when all the wild, I'm an adulteress. Amen. And so now that I am divorced, I must remain unmarried. Why? Because husband number one, my first covenant spouse, is very much alive. Amen. And so when they come, when they don't rebuke, when they don't reprove, when they don't bring the correction, when they don't bring the sound doctrine of what God has said about marriage and divorce and remarry. And and when you come up in there in your second marriage, okay, they should rebuke the people and tell them what the sound doctrine is. But oh, no, no, because they themselves are in sin. It's like, right, Holy Spirit, the blind leading the blind. And they both going to fall into the ditch. And how great is that ditch? Amen. And so Paul is saying that, the preacher must preach the word, be in, in um, be instant in season and out of season, meaning that whether they receive the message or not, because people who want their ear, ears to be uh, t- um, scratched, okay, and, and tickled and massaged, oh, they're going to come for you. 
They're going to come with, oh, you're not preaching on love. You're not preaching on grace. All you want to preach on is, is, is repentance. And so you're going to have resistance. So whether, whether the times are good for the gospel or the times are bad for the gospel, preach sound doctrine anyway. Reprove anyway. Rebuke anyway. Exhort anyway. Let the people know. Bring out the hammer one Sunday or one whatever Bible study meeting and say, listen, ladies, cover up that body. Don't be coming up here in my church sitting on the front row looking like a harlot. And men, roll down them sleeves. Stop showing all of those biceps. And showing off all them guns and take off them skinny jeans, just just showing everything that God has blessed you with. Like, like one, like just go for it. Uh, cry aloud and spare not. Where is the backbone? Where is the backbone at the pulpit? Because where is the true man of God that is going to cry aloud and spare not. So what if you offend people? Maybe the goodness of God will bring them to repentance. Let them know that Jesus has said that the that this is, you want to follow him? Oh, you got to deny that flesh pick up that cross that the way uh, to eternal life that path is is narrow that gate is straight okay and Jesus said that few few very little will find it you want to know why because they over there down at the mega church having their ears tickled and scratched amen so in closing because I believe Enough has been said. We Listen, we need to get the backbone going. We need to stand for righteousness. Who is standing for righteousness these days? And that's why I did the posting um, about a week or two ago about where is the man of God? Where is that brother and sister in Christ with the full armor of God on? Where are they at? They can't all be off in the world when the command was to come out from amongst the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind so that we can know what God's will is. So we can know what is perfect and pleasing to him and not to this stinking rotten flesh. Glory be to God. See, that's why I'm troubled. I'm troubled because I see the magnitude of the magnitude of the situation that if we don't come out from the sins, if we call on the name of the Lord, we must stop sinning. Listen, fruits of repentance should be showing up in your life. No longer do we think sin is the big time fun. No longer do we think smoking weed is okay. No longer do we think that being in these adulterous remarriages are okay. 
No longer do we think taking God's name in vain is okay. No, no longer do we think mocking his grace and taking it as a license to sin is okay. No longer do we think sitting up under these wolves in sheep clothing that they are going to preach us the truth when we for ourselves are studying God's word and we can say, excuse me, pastor, that's a false doctrine. According to the word of God, thus and so, thus and so, Jesus said this. We should be following what Jesus said. And if they put you out of the church, praise the Lord. You don't need to be there. No way. Amen. Glory be to God. So we must stand firm. We must put away the sin. Stop playing with God. God wasn't playing with Israel. He ain't playing with us. Jesus died for our sins. We got to understand how he suffered, how he suffered. And then for us to be over here in the 21st century talking about, oh, how Jesus wants me to be happy now with Steve because Bob just treated me like a dog or or how I'm happy now with Sheila because you see Pam, oh, all she did was cheat on me. Meanwhile, Jesus died a brutal, violent death on your behalf so that sin will no longer have mastery over you and that we follow his teachings. Amen. So we need to stop playing because I can assure you God ain't playing. He's not playing with that lake of fire. He ain't playing with us being in idolatry because, you know, these pagan holidays are coming up because already you got you got people with their Halloween satanic symbolism hanging from their rafters this day. Okay, and then we got the big time, all time paganistic fake Christmas, because that's not Jesus' birthday, coming down the pike already. The the marketplace is setting themselves up to make a killing, okay? And we just run on after that, sitting up in these synagogues of Satan, talking about how, oh, well, this is Jesus' birthday, and that how we must give homage to his earthly mother, and that and that how this is a most ho- uh, uh, holy and solemn day that, that we are thanking God for sending baby Jesus. Folks, we better wake ourselves up because we are deceived. Because when Jesus come back, oh, he's not coming back as a babe in a manger. Oh, no, no, no. He's coming back to deal with his enemies as the king of kings and lord of lords, the lion of Judah. Oh, he's coming back. So we need to shake ourselves awake stop with all of this itching and scratching of your ears open up that bible and study this word for yourselves i'm telling you my hand is raised we don't want to be deceived because you see without repentance 
there will be no forgiveness of your sins because we know repentance is not what get a person saved, but it is part of the salvation process. That blood, that, that precious blood of Jesus that people trample on and use it to plead it over their vehicle. You mean tell me as precious... Yo, as precious as that blood is, you're going to take it to plead it over a car, uh, uh, some idol that you are worshiping, that you don't want nothing to happen to it. And you are taking the blood of Jesus and just whitewashing it all on your car so that you can floss in it so that nobody can steal it. When God, when Jesus had already told us, do not store up store up earthly treasures for yourselves where it can rust because you know how cars rust thank you holy spirit what so that the moths can get to it uh, so that somebody can come and steal it oh but you ma'am sir wants to plead his blood all over an earthly treasure when jesus told us but to store up treasures in heaven Store that up. Store up how uh, the fruit of the Spirit is showing up in your life. That how you are keeping in with repentance by by putting away the sin, and that you are you are actually consciously every day looking to see how you could not make provisions for this flesh, and that how you can walk in obedience day after day, so that over time. Through this wonderful process called sanctification, that as you get to know God and the Lord better and better, you will start to sin less and less because the person who wants to have their ears tickled and scratched will tell you in a heartbeat, Oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. Yeah, Father. Let your word be true and every man be a liar. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for the burdens that you put on our hearts that we speak against evil, that we speak against the lies, that we speak against the false doctrines, that we exalt your son, that we uplift him, that all the glory and the praise go to the Lamb of God who laid down his life as a ransom. His sacrifice appeased your holy, righteous wrath against man because we sinned against you, Father. We racked up and stacked up that huge sin debt because we didn't want to put away the sin. Father, have mercy on us. Forgive us of our sins, Father. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Father, for this teaching today. May those who have ears, let them hear what the spirit of the living God is telling us today. Father, bless your holy name. Thank you. We give you thanks and honor through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for reconciling us back to you. Thank you for teaching us your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus, that 
who whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Father, may we not be found wanting when Jesus returned. May we be blameless and without shame. May we never be cowards and turn our backs on you, but to do a 180 and turn to you. Father, we see the example that you laid out in the New Testament where the children of Israel were concerned. May we never be stiff-necked. May we never be obstinate. May we never be so hateful and hurtful to your commands because they are not burdensome to us. They are for our good. The law was righteous and holy and good and it served its purpose because Jesus showed up and he fulfilled the 613 laws of Moses on our behalf. And so through the love and the law of Christ Jesus, we shall love you with all of our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. And we will love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Thank you for this word today, Father. Bless your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. <clears throat> Glory be to God. I got to go rest this throat, apparently, or have some tea. So repent and believe that Christ Jesus died for your sins. Obey the gospel. Don't reject Christ. Say yes to the gospel and going forward, walk in obedience to God because it is the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, whereby we can have forgiveness of those sins through his shed blood. Because when he died on the cross, that blood, because see, what we didn't see was that how it was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God and heaven. Jesus made atonement for our sins, reconciling us back to the Father so that we don't go to hell, so that we can now have peace with God, so that we are no longer enemies of the cross. Amen. Amen. Until next time, folks. Like I said, repent and believe. Stop all of this sinning. Turn to God. Turn back to God. And henceforth, walk in obedience to him. Get into this word for yourselves. Get into the word for yourself because what is it? First John chapter 2, at the end of that chapter, the Holy Spirit was telling John that we don't need anyone to teach us anything. The Holy Spirit teaches us everything and bring us to remembrance of what Christ has ever said. 
And because the Holy Spirit, what he teaches is not a lie. Amen. Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, I'll be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye